What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Zurich Classic. This is a different week. It is a team event. We're going to talk a lot about the ramifications of that, the format, the scoring, all of that good stuff. But first, we have to look back last week for the RBC Heritage because there were plenty of big winners. I faded on Sunday in the $200 single entry, could not win that one, unfortunately, but there were plenty of winners out there. First of all, Buddha B in the Slack channel turns his $35 into $2,200, essentially with a single bullet, finishes fifth in the flop shot. That is great work. Always fun to see a single bullet up there as well. Justin had a 12, or excuse me, a $100 bet on Stuart Sink at 125 to one. Do the math. That is $12,500 in return. He also noted the reason that I pointed this out and thank you, Justin. Um, he said he's, he said he's up 8% betting head to head matchups this year, which I believe that is really the way. If you are taking this very seriously, if you are trying, to grind ROI. That is the way to do it. So Justin, congratulations. Always good to hear from you. Uh, they get bigger. Michael won <laughs> with essentially single bullets, uh, a hunt turned his $168 into 21,200. That's unbelievable. Congratulations, Michael. A lot of um, Stuart Sink, Morikawa type lineups up there at the top. And then the big boy DFS Reds sends me a tweet turned his $456 into $105,000. Wow, 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 wow. There was a lot. There was a lot of winners. Stuart Sink was a guy that um, I think I wrote up on, I definitely wrote up on Golf Digest. I think we talked about in the DFS preview, talked about on the First Cup podcast. So I know there were a lot of tickets hanging out there as well. A lot of us were on Morikawa. Didn't finish the way we would have liked, but um, was usually good enough for DFS purposes. Also, you know, if you want to, if you want to join the community, the Rick Rungood uh, community, if you want to join the site where I, you, everything you see are is available in the tools. That's that's all RickRungood.com. Um, there's two ways that you can do it. I guess there's three ways. One way, just go sign up. I think you should do it. I've made some tweaks for the um, for the Zurich Classic for the team event this week that I think are going to be very helpful. Or you can enter a draw like. Minnow Capper and LaMarcus Malvo have done. Those are the winners from last week. They're going to get a subscription to rickrungood.com. So if you're here on YouTube, make sure to uh, like the video. Make sure you are subscribed to the Rick Run Good YouTube, YouTube channel and tell me which pair, which teammates are going to win the Zurich Classic. Put that in the comments or go over to 300 Yards to Unknown. That is the podcast version of this show. Leave a five-star rating and review. Say something nice about the show and leave me your Twitter handle so I can get in touch with you. That will put you in a draw to win a subscription to rickrungood.com as well. 3 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday will be the live chat for all your questions, answers, and everything in between. But for now... Let's just talk about this format. Let's talk about the players. Let's talk about what we have going on this week. If you watched the first look tournament preview video that came out on Sunday, you'll know that this turned into a team event in 2017. So now the last three years, we did not have this event in 2020. It has been played as a team event. There are 80 pairs of golfers. That means there's 160 golfers. There's going to be the top 35 and ties that make the cut. And for the first two rounds, they're going to alternate between foursomes and four ball. So rounds one and three are four ball and rounds two and four are four sums. Four ball is when everyone plays their own ball and the lowest score for your team is your score for that hole. So if golfer A makes a birdie and golfer B makes a par, that team gets a birdie. 
if golfer A makes a birdie and golfer B makes a quadruple bogey, they're still taking the birdie, okay? So that is why uh, the ability to make birdies certainly going to come in handy this week. And then the uh, rounds two and four are foursomes. That is also known as alternate shot. That means each golfer is going to tee off on half of the holes and they're going to alternate shots. Golfer A hits the tee shot. Golfer B hits the second. Golfer A hits the third so on and so forth until the ball is in the cup and that is their score for each hole. There's going to be a lot of low scoring. The average winning score the last three years is 25 under par. The big chunks of that are going to come in four ball. That is where you're going to see guys threaten 59. We've seen 60s shot here multiple times in the last couple of years and then an alternate shot. It's not going to be as deep under par, but shooting something under par is going to be required if you're going to want to win this golf tournament. So let's take a look at the course and uh, we'll jump into the cheat sheet. We'll jump into everything else here. All right, here we go. TPC Louisiana. Uh, this is a course down in the lowlands that's uh, lowlands. Maybe that's how you say it. That has uh, ponds that are going to come into play. There's 101 bunkers. It is a peat dye design, of course, because it's peat dye season. And if you look at some of the most uh, correlated stats to success over the years, uh, none of them really have a strong correlation to success. The most important is driving accuracy, but it ranks 36th out of 50 courses, meaning that there's 35 other courses that driving accuracy is more important than here at TPC Louisiana. So uh, not a strong correlation in really any of these stats. But the reason the reason I'm here is because what I've done is normally at the bottom of this page, you can go through and you can see every single golfer and their stats in each category. And you can choose the number of rounds that you want. But look at this team totals. That's right. I've loaded in the team. So what you're now seeing are averages for these teams. Um, and you can decide the number of rounds that you want. I, I, I rarely, I rarely tout and say, hey, you should go subscribe to rickrungood.com. I think that you absolutely should. Uh, but the, some of the features for this week, I think with the team aspect, my ability to be a bit flexible, I think it's a really good week to sub sub subscribe because you're going to um, you're going to hopefully be able to use it. So let's look at this. So each line or each row here is the team. So Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, they're the most expensive team. They're eleven thousand seven hundred. That salary is their individual salary, and of course, DraftKings is not going to let you choose two golfers from the same team. More on that in a few minutes when I show you the lineup optimizer and all that good stuff. So uh, what I've done is I've kept their their salaries because each member of the team is the same price and you are going to get the same fantasy points no matter who you choose. If you choose Cantlay, you're going to get the same points. If you choose Xander, you're going to get the same points. If you choose them both, you're not going to be allowed to. Okay, so uh, what I've done is we can just start with the default you know, last 50 rounds and now we have averages between these two teams. So let's just do it. Strokes gain total. Averages for the last 50 rounds of these 
teams, and it's Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay who are number one, 1.54 strokes gained per round. It's John Rahm and Ryan Palmer who are next. Colin Morikawa, Matthew Wolf, more on them in a second. And then Doug Gim and Justin So. Well, they're $8,100 on DraftKings. So they are uh, the first of kind of the cheaper teams that we have this week. They don't have as many rounds. They don't have as many rounds as the other guys, uh, but they are definitely up there. And also what you'll start to notice is what are these guys' skill sets? What are the pairs good at together? Well, Brendan Todd and Chris Kirk, who I actually kind of like this week, uh, they they get a big bump in the short game, especially thanks to Brendan Todd's putter. So Brendan Todd gains, I mean, nearly a stroke per round putting. Uh, well, when you average that out, it makes them a half a stroke uh, gainers because Chris Kirk is about an average putter. But what I like about this is it has everything, you know, uh, for this week, I think that, uh, birdie percentage, birdie or better percentage, the ability to go low is going to be critically important. So if we sort this again, last 50 rounds by average birdies per round, it's Morikawa and it's Matthew Wolf who go to the top. Now, a lot of that has been Morikawa. Let's let's be actually not 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 really. In the last 50 rounds, Wolf is included in here. But if you go to let's do this. Let's do um I'm going to sort this by salary so that we can watch Matthew Wolf here and and Colin Morikawa. If we go to the last 20 rounds, you're going to see these numbers get get worse here, especially the strokes gain numbers. So, uh 0.68 is what they go down to and they basically lose a, a more than a half a shot together as an average that means that is a lot of poor play especially from Matthew Wolf recently so you can put in any time frame that you want here but um, again I think birdies are going to be important Um, I'm going to talk about some of these guys more in depth but the ability to see these players as a team I think is going to be critically important this week so just to round out those top five last 50 rounds in birdies or better it's Morikawa and Wolf it's Andres Romero and Johnny Vegas they don't have as many rounds it's Ryan Palmer and John Rahm. It's Doug Gim and Justin Su. Again, not as many rounds. And then Victor Hovland and Christopher Ventura, who are a very comfortable pairing. That's something we're going to continue to talk about. But I just, I love the ability to combine these into one team. I love to see the averages and I love to see any time frame that I want. And if that was cool, I think the cheat sheet for this week is cool as well. So I still have the classic view. You can go back and look at the classic view and the strokes gained and the fantasy options. But I have, again, also put these guys in here as team members. So we have strokes gained averages and we have recent finishes. Now that's not necessarily as important because there's a lot of these events where only one of the guys played it. So this is a bit noisy, but to be able to see the strokes gain numbers and go through these line by line, I think is pretty important. So let's, let's do that. Let's talk about the guys who are the most expensive, the guys who are priced over 11 K. Cause really we have two different tiers here. There's a lot of guys over 10 K. Let's start with the 11 K guys. This is Shoffley and Cantlay at 11,700. It's John Rahm and Ryan Palmer at uh, 11.5. It's Morikawa and Wolf at 11.3. And it's Smith, Cam Smith, and Mark Leishman at 11.1. You know, I don't think that Xander and Cantlay are going to really garner all that much ownership. Neither of them have played particularly well. Cantlay is really burning guys, uh, burning us left and right, but longer term, their metrics are really good. We'll see what the ownership comes out over the course of the week. They would probably be a pretty good pivot. These guys have played together before in, uh, President's Cup. They have not played together in Ryder Cup situations, but they played together in President's Cup situations. I think they were, don't quote me on this. 
I'd have to look at it. I think they were three and one. I'll just I'll just check real quick. They were two and one. They were two and one in the 2019 Presidents Cup. That's the only time that they uh, played together there. So uh, I get it. It's going to probably be a game theory situation on when you're going to deploy those guys. Ryan uh, Palmer and John Rahm, this is going to be the incredibly popular team, I suspect. It's a $200 discount. A lot of places have them as the favorite. Uh, Rahm is, he is what he is, right? He is the the uh, a top three player in the world. Ryan Palmer has made more money at this event than than anybody else. Uh, in fact, he he won this with Ryan with John Rahm in 2019, the last time we held this event, and then also uh, finished fourth with Jordan Spieth in 2017. Now, the, the only difference between those occasions and now is that Ryan Palmer is actually like way better now than he was any other time that we had him. So this this team is absolutely going to steam. Look at look at Ryan Palmer's year by year breakdown of his strokes gain. So here we, here he was in 2017 when he played well with Jordan Spieth. He was a an average player on the PGA Tour. He's a hair better than average in terms of strokes gained. In 2019, he is much better. He improved. He was gaining about a half a stroke per round in 2019 when he won this with John Rahm. And now look at this year. He's gotten, you could say, twice as good. He is now gaining nearly a stroke per round on the rest of the field. And this is just, it's well-deserved. Um, he's awesome. He ranks sixth in birdie average, so he makes a ton of birdies. He makes a ton of eagles. This is exactly what you would be looking for. So I, I don't have, I really don't have any knocks against these guys. I just expect them to be incredibly popular. Morikawa and Wolf. Um, this is this is one of the big question marks here. So this is a very comfortable pairing. Two tailor-made guys. They get along. They're both really great. You know, Morikawa, I don't have any questions about. Uh, Matthew Wolf is is the problem here or the concern. And let's just pull him up because if you guys have been paying attention, you know that he has not been good essentially since the start of the 2021 year. And the problem has been the driver. He has just been hemorrhaging strokes off the tee um, for for nearly eight or ten events. I mean, it really hasn't been good dating back to the CJ Cup. And I think if if you could guarantee me that the driver was going to be good this week, this would be a very formidable squad. You know, they've got the ability to use Matthew Wolf's drive on, you know, nine of the holes in the in the alternate shot format. And his ability to make birdies is kind of interesting. But we're losing that. We're really losing that driver or at least seemingly losing that driver for this week and then you get both of these guys on the green and there's a lot more questions than there are answers in terms of the putting stroke for both Matthew Wolf and Colin Morikawa so we could argue hey maybe he needs a different format maybe he needs a change of pace to put it all together maybe Morikawa can uh, take some of the pressure off of him because he doesn't have to hit every shot in the alternate shot if he makes a big number he stills his partner Morikawa there so I, I I see that side of it I just really worry when we get to the alternate shot format if if we see what we've seen for the last six months that's that's a that's a recipe for things going for things going sideways uh smith and leishman eleven thousand one hundred. these guys are two aussies they've played um this style of golf uh at the president's cup i don't really have many questions here smith has been has been uh posting great results leishman has turned it around since the end of 2019 they're eleven thousand one hundred. i think it's fair uh the next range ten ten thousand dollar range this is this is pretty interesting a lot of really good names to parse out here bubba watson and scotty scheffler i like this team you know we have seen um, in years past, so there's kind of a couple of things here. You really want to embrace guys who are streaky hot 
uh, can make a bunch of birdies because, and, and of course there is a luck factor, right? If you, if you make five birdies in a round, you don't want it to be the same five holes that your partner birdied, right? You would ideally like to, to, to spread those out, um, for the, for the four, uh, for the four ball phase. And then, um, in four sums, I, or I think it could be a bit difficult to play with Bubba because he's so creative and so unique, but I think he's going to put you in a lot of good situations. And Scotty Scheffler has already shot a 59 in his career. This is a really, really, interesting team that I think can just get scorching hot at times and they can go, they can go cold at times. I think that's a bit scary. Um, the Tony Finau Cameron champ pairing, and let's go back to the key stats for this. Cause I kind of wanted to look at what they've been up to, uh, in terms of the last 50 rounds as a team. And, and here they are. My, my problem is, um, they kind of share similar skill sets, right? They're both excellent off the tee. In fact, they are the number one off the tee team, uh, which is great. But the closer they get to the hole, the worse they they both get. And when Tony Finau is your better putter, that's kind of scary. So I just wonder if these two guys are are too similar for a format like this. Um, I really like Finau and what he offers, and and Champ hasn't played as well recently. I'm concerned about this team. It, they're probably not going to get much of my investment. Um, also, Billy Horschel. Sam Burns, they're in this range, 10,500. I know I'm talking about every team, but I think it's it's kind of warranted here, at least for the guys at the top. Uh, Billy Horschel is the only guy who's won this, uh, won this event as both an individual and as a, uh, as, a, as a team member. He now partners with Sam Burns, who I actually think, especially if this was a couple of months ago, this would have been an amazing, amazing pair. Um, let me do this. And I, I still think they're pretty good. What I think you want in this format is guys with a ton of upside, and that is exactly what Sam Burns has. So just since the start of this season, he has gained at least four strokes in a single round, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. Billy Horschel has done it another four times. They combined are the two golfers who have gained at least four strokes the most times. They've done it 12 times this season. Now, Sam Burns, his were more earlier this year. He hasn't done that uh, as recently, but the upside, I think, is still in there. So that's what's really good. If these two guys can get a little lucky with timing, if they can get hot um, for a round or two, you know, maybe individually, this this starts to look like a pretty appealing squad here at 10,500. Um, Danny Willett and Terrell Hatton, interesting for a similar reason that that four strokes gained per round, that number that I threw out, Terrell Hatton has eight of those rounds, uh, which is phenomenal stuff. Danny Willett has zero. Now we might be able to say, listen, Hatton's awesome, except for like one or two rounds every single week. And maybe it's a couple of holes every single round. And maybe if he has Willett there, um, that might steady the ship a little bit because the, and these two actually played together. I want to say on Saturday or Sunday at the RBC heritage, it's, it's a very, very comfortable pairing. I don't mind this one at all. And there are a few teams. Um, this is one of the few teams that depending on how you slice this, you know, I'm looking at the last couple of years, a couple of seasons, they gain strokes or they don't lose strokes in, in, in any category. They gain strokes in every category that I think is going to be really important in this format to get like two solid golfers who can go out there and contend. Uh, I, I do. I'm, I'm warm. I'm not hot on this Hatton Willett team. I, I, I like it and I see the, I see the benefit of it. And I promise we're not going to talk about every team here, but I've got a couple more and then we can start jumping around. Uh, you know, Chris Kirk and Brendan Todd. This is a pretty interesting 
combination. So if we look at this from just the classic view, which I think might better illustrate this, here are Chris Kirk and Brandon Todd. They're down here at $10,100. Well, what is Chris Kirk's strengths? Uh, off the tee and approach. And what are his weaknesses? Around the game, around the green, he's pretty good, but his weakness is, is the putter. Well, what's Brendan Todd's strength? It's, it's the putter, and he's good around the green, and he's not good off the tee and on approach. I mean, this is a really good, compatible, complementary skill set type of team, where if they can just kind of, um, you know, one pit, one's guy's strengths is the other's weakness, that is generally a good combination, especially without either of them being super bad in any category, right? Like if, if Todd was losing a half a stroke off the tee or something like that, I'd be more, I'd be more concerned about it. Or if Kirk is losing a half a stroke putting, because they're going to have to hit the other shots, obviously. But I, I think this is a pretty complimentary team. I don't mind that one single bit. Let's go back to the team view. And, um, Okay, then finally we get Homa and Gooch. So Homa and Gooch at 9,900. So we're jumping down into the $9,000 range. This is the last team I'm going to talk about individually uh, in order, but I think it's I think it's worth it. So they have uh, the intangible, right? It is it is the Homa and Gooch friendship, which some of these guys have, some of them they don't. These guys are actually friends off the golf course. They, you know, when Max Homa won at Riviera, he was very candid that he was locked in because he was able to walk with Gooch, because he was able to kind of joke around. He thought that pairing on Sunday was incredibly valuable. So now they get to play together. Gooch's iron game is better than I think people want to give him credit for. We saw the stretch of golf that Homa had. And if we go back to the course key stats and we sort this last 50 rounds by birdie or better, well, where are where are Homa and Gooch? They're eighth. They make a lot of birdies. They make a lot of birdies per round. They make a lot of eagles. Uh, this is a really good format for these two who tend to make bigger numbers. If the other guy, if your partner can save you when you when you make a big number, that's that's the situation you want to be in. Okay, uh, this nine K range. So we have Rose and Stenson. They're ninety five hundred. I think that uh, they're going to be more popular than they should be this week. I'm not sure I can get there on Rose and Stenson. Uh, neither of them have played particularly well outside of the. It's just scorched earth Thursday round that Rose had at the Masters. And Stenson actually played well at the Masters as well. But that's a place that we know experience matters. If you go back and, again, go to the last 50 rounds for these guys, where do they rank out? Where do they rank out? Well, here they are. They're $9,500. They are the most expensive team by far that is losing strokes total, right? They're losing together combined on average a half a stroke per round over their last 50 rounds. There's nobody more expensive than them that is that bad. There's nobody really less expensive for, than them that's that bad. We Until you get down to Mav McNeely and Joseph Bram, Bromlett, who are $7,900. So so this is a a pretty a team pretty much in the ringer right now in terms of recent form. Uh, they, of course, get the boost because they're 6-2 and two together in Ryder Cup formats. But um, I don't know if you can just rekindle that this week. I will probably be taking a pass on those two. Uh, Keegan Bradley and, and Brendan Steele are interesting. You know, Keegan is always a great ball striker. Brendan Steele as well. Uh, you know, Brendan Steele has not been a, a great putter in his career, but he has been a much better putter recently. So if I show you this and you think he can continue this, um, it's interesting, right? So here's the last three. So players championship, he gains four strokes putting. 
Uh, Honda, he gains five, and Valero, he gains one. And you can see, if you go back further than that, that's one of the better stretches of putting that we've seen from Brendan Steele in a while. So if he can continue that, and he can kind of pair that with some of the great ball striking we get normally get from him and get with uh, Keegan Bradley, I think that team is somewhat interesting. Uh, the Sung Im Benny On combo, as much as I would <clears throat> excuse me, love this, Really love this. Um, I've got a lot of concerns. You know, we can look up what what Benny Ann has been doing, and I'll pull that up for you right now. It's not pretty. So this is um, four missed cuts in a row. He doesn't have a top. He doesn't have anything inside the top 35 since the American Express. That was in January. We know that the putter has always been an issue for him, but it's seemingly getting worse and then the tee to green game that has normally kind of saved him in the past if you look back at last year so look back at this stretch that he had last year kind of from a similar time frame that we're just in you know he's gaining seven eight nine strokes from tee to green still losing those strokes putting but we knew that uh, he's still now fast forward to present day losing those strokes putting and not offsetting them with any great tee to green play that's that's a, a recipe for this thing going sideways in a hurry. And then Sungjae, you know, who is, who has trying to figure out the, the irons again, um, and is seemingly done that maybe he played well, hit it well at the RBC heritage. Again, if, if they both can't hit the ball on approach, this is, this is going sideways. So I would love to see this team win. I'm not that optimistic that they're going to contend. I think that, uh, Benny on is, is, um, really in the hurt locker right now. Okay, the AK range. This is where things get really interesting. So uh, Fratelli and Streelman, these guys are poppers, right? They they both individually, um, you know, they're going to miss cuts. They're not going to play well, but they're going to find times to, to finish in the top 10. And they pop, right? Which I think in this format, again, if you can get lucky, if you can get lucky with the timing of it with you and your partner, this that can be a really solid attribute. attribute. Um, I would have loved Charlie Hoffman here. You know, Hoffman's 8,400. He is paired with Nick Watney. And Charlie Hoffman has been just one of the better players that we've seen on tour this year. I mean, he's really been that good. Even this season, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Unfortunately, he's paired with Nick Watney, who has nothing going for him right now. He's missed, what is that, 12, 15 cuts in a row. Um, he's just bleeding strokes kind of in, in every single facet. There's really no positives. I mean, his highest ranked stat is like he's 65th in driving distance. That's like his best stat. I mean, he's outside the top 150 in most of them. Unfortunately, I was hoping... So, I'm sorry, Nick. I was hoping that um, Charlie was going to get a more competitive partner, which I hope he proves me wrong. But I really liked what Charlie was at, but unfortunately, that's not, not going to work. Doug Gim and Justin Sub, they uh, are 8,100. I think they're going to be popular this week because they, they make all these birdies. I think the people who are in the know are probably going to play Gim and Sub. We'll see what their ownership is in. What is in what their ownership is later in the week. My goodness. Uh, the, the, uh, I guess we're in the 7k range now, the 7k range, Neesmith and, uh, Chase Seifert. Interesting. So Seifert played fine last week, made the cut. He's now made five in a row, including that T3 at the Honda, but it is rare to get an elite skill set in this, in this, uh, in this range. So Neesmith is seventh on tour in strokes gained approach. That is an important skill and he's elite at it. So, that's rare. So I like that out of the $7,500 range. And then uh, at the seven, the bottom of the 7K, Richie Warinsky and Peter Uline. So we can talk a lot about these guys, but Uline just won on the Corn Ferry last week 
here in Vegas out at Paiute. So playing well, he had a runner-up finish a couple starts before that. Uline is in great form. Richie Wierinski, not as much. He's missed three cuts in a row, but he did have a, I think it was a top five at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So maybe these two can get some of that magic going for $7,100. Before we get too deep here, I want to go through, um, I want to go back to the Holy Grail and I want to sort this by, uh, let's do since the start of the season and let's do actually, you know what we could do? We could do Pete Dye. Let's do um let's do die courses. And let's just do strokes gain total on die courses in this field and see what we find. Vincent, I'm looking for value, so I'm gonna skip guys. Vincent Whaley, he only has five rounds, he's sixty two hundred. Chase Seaford, that name pops up again. He's seventy five hundred. Chris Baker, only four rounds. I'm trying to find something. Kevin Kisner, okay. I'm not as bullish on the Kisner uh, Scott Brown group. I get it. They play well at this event. I'm I'm like a four out of 10 in terms of excitement. Uh, Seamus Power, $6,700. Listen, I'm not like a Seamus Power truther, but again, he played well at the Corn Ferry last week. I think he finished fourth or fifth. I watched went out there and watched him for a while. It was striking it really well. Um, he has 29 rounds on die courses. He's 6,700. His partner is... I don't know who his partner is. Oh, it's David Hearn. So let's see what David Hearn has been up to. And maybe if we can find some signs. Yeah, not really. Uh, Losing in both of the ball striking categories. He is a good putter, which maybe in this format you could argue... Hits a lot of uh, fairways, so he's not going to put Seamus Power in in any real trouble off the tee. Now, I mean, it would be a dart throw. I was hoping to see something different than that, but it would be a pretty big dart throw for for Hearn and Seamus Power. Back to that Holy Grail, though. So Power was in there. George McNeely, 6,100, but he's just been... Uh, that is all through putting. I'm not that excited about that. Uh, okay, I just want to see if there, was any, if there was any glaring value that I was missing here. So we're down into the 6K range. Things get pretty ugly here. I'm trying to find anything to latch on to, and I think you kind of should. I mean, listen, this is a pretty volatile event. A, a lot of it is luck-based. I think I gave this example before, but like, if you and your partner make, let's say they, you make 12 compo- combined birdies in four ball. Uh, well, if you both make six and you make them on the same six holes, that's cool, but it stinks because you're only six under. If you make 12 birdies and you each make six and you make them on different holes, now you're 12 under, which I know is just a very simple way to look at this, but... A lot of it is luck. A lot of it is just kind of how the things shake out. If you play one hole well and I don't like, so I, I do think we should be kind of embracing some of the cheaper, more volatile options. Um, you know, the first one that kind of jumps out to me and they'd be, re- they'd be really low is, is Peter Malnati and Chris Baker. Um, Baker's name popped up on one of those models that we ran earlier, but Malnati, we know since the start of 2021, he is volatile as, as, as all hell, right? I mean, he is, he is this, he is a guy who will go out and make five birdies in a row, offset them with six, bir- six bogeys, make three more birdies. Like we've, we've seen a lot of that from Peter Malnati. And if he gets lucky and, and Baker can kind of save him when he makes a big number, that is an interesting team because not everybody even has the ability to, to go low and do things like that and get on a scorching streak. You know, I'm not super excited about any of these guys. If we do just kind of look at the numbers, um, I guess Bryce Garnett and Scott Stallings, they are combined about a very average tour player. They are almost, they are very, very close to zero in every single category, um, which is better than most guys or most teams in this range. 
Romero and Vegas, I mentioned them earlier, you know, they are this, and this is a perfect example. So both Garnett and Scott Stallings combined with uh, Romero and Vegas, they are both averaging 0.09. So they're about a, a perfect dead even team, but Bryce Garnett and Scott Stallings are near zero in every category. Romero and Vegas have one awesome category. They're phenomenal off the tee, and they bleed strokes everywhere else. Uh, I think in this format, you'd probably prefer the solid team because you're probably unlikely to make big numbers, play yourself out of this thing, uh, unless unless that elite skill set was maybe like strokes gained approach, and if they get hot, they can just knock a bunch of five-footers in. But this this would be a worrisome team for me, the Romero Vegas team, and they're doing it, you know, you have to look a little bit deeper into the numbers. So those are really the only guys I'd probably consider down here in the 6k. Obviously I haven't started making lineups yet, um, but we'll do so quick, quick programming note before I get you out of here, the lineup optimizer at rickrungood.com. I've preloaded one player from every team to have a zero projection so that when you run these lineups, you're not getting two golfers from the same team. DraftKings is not going to allow you to input that, so I'm going to try not to let you use it here. So um, you can use my projections if they are they are essentially team projections. If you if you want to do your own, I would also recommend one player from every team getting a zero projection so that they're not showing up. Or you could, of course, write the rule. You'd probably have to write like 80 different rules, which I'm not sure that's something you want to do. But I I I kind of did a backdoor way to to try to force this into not picking two guys from the same team so i i encourage you to do that as well all right i hope that helps this is going to be a very interesting week it's going to be a lot of fun uh join me wednesday 3 p.m eastern time right here on the rick run good youtube channel for our zurich classic live chat uh yeah but for now tweet me at rick run good leave a comment below sign up for rickrungood.com i don't know good luck see you